Hello friends, I'm Jesse Pruitt and this is The Light of Hope. Thank you for joining. We trust that we will be able to share with you the Word and uh, it will enrich your life. You know, the Word of God does uh, change our life. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a wonderful thing. We are um, a little ways away from the last one again, but we are going to complete... John chapter 4, <clears throat> and Jesus is the water of life, and this one uh, is the second part that we promised about true worship, and he is the object of our worship. So last time, we talked about a three-point challenge, the master with a mission, and the poor woman with a need and the disciples who didn't have a clue. Remember that? That was that was an amazing thing. Um, it seemed that they were more concerned about uh, food and things like that than they were about uh, the spiritual matters that were at hand. Now, we're not too hard on them because we probably would have been in the same condition. <laughs> they had no idea what Christ was up to. And he even told them, so uh, you, you, you basically don't understand what I'm doing. So he loved them and his grace was sufficient. So let's begin uh, and continue in John chapter 4. Today, we're going to talk about true worship. Um, Christ had a conversation, and I'm not going to get too deep into uh, the background on the Samaritan woman and, and her beliefs, and they were talking about worshiping in the mountain. There are, there are a lot of things that we could talk about, but we have a, a brief program, and so sometimes that's a little difficult to get too deeply into that. So hopefully when we get an opportunity to share that in a, uh, in a church setting, we can get a little bit more into the background. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to keep these things at somewhere around 15 or 20 minutes because that seems to be the best uh, um, opportunity that we have. And folks can listen uh, either on their break or something like that or on the way to work or home. Um, anyway, that, that proves to be the best time slot for us. And I thank you again for joining. So let's get into John chapter 4. Who should we worship is the first question. <clears throat> you might think that's a funny thing, but you may be surprised at some of the answers you may get if you ask some people that. Um, I've heard everything um, that I can possibly imagine uh, that people will try to worship almost anything. And there are some religious folks that would say, well, if, you know, if we're not doing this or that, we're worshiping something. Um <clears throat> We can take anything to the extreme, of course, uh, but who should we worship? Of course, we should worship the Lord God because he is the true and living God. And uh, there's a great controversy in the world because people say, well, you Christians think that you're going to tell us what to do. Uh, and and I, I'm straightforward about this. I don't want to force you to worship 
uh, Jehovah God, the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't want you to be forced that way. I want the Holy Spirit to convince you. And I hope that somehow uh, in my actions, my words, my my life, and I'm, I'm nothing special. I'm just a human being. But I'm hoping that something I do or share or say um, will influence you to at least want to take a look, you know, and take, say, well, what, what makes this guy tick? And that really, I believe, should be our our passion. Um, we're nothing special, you know. We we're not so great a character that, you know, we can just win people so you know valiantly. Uh, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Of course, He uses us. He uses our witness, and we should witness, and we should be about trying to bring people uh, into His kingdom. But it we got to remember, it is the Holy Spirit who draws them. And we should be about uh, getting into his word and and making sure that we're um, have all of our sins confessed and <laughs> we're in the right condition that we can uh, share Christ with people. So, of course, uh, we worship the Lord God, and uh, the Bible says, and him only shall we serve. <clears throat> where should we worship? That That's another question. I'm going to keep this kind of lightweight, but where should we worship? Now, the two things I want to discuss here is our personal worship and our collective worship. And this kind of fits in so wonderfully today because of the day that we're in, because of last year. Nobody wants a repeat of that. Um, Because of the things that have transpired, because of uh, one little virus. And, and, you know, it's just a it's, it's just an amazing thing. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Um. Let me just say this. There's personal worship and there's uh, collective worship or public worship. Our collective or public worship is only effective as effective as our private or personal worship. Um, If you don't have a regular private or personal devotion or worship time, your public worship is basically powerless. I know that's harsh, but that's just the truth. Um, and I would never discourage anyone from going to church and worshiping collectively. I, I, I mean, that's I would never tell anybody, oh, don't go because not, you're not doing any good. No, no, no. I would never say that. What I'm saying, though, if we want to be what God intended us to be, if we want to have the power-packed life, uh, and, and ministry that God intended us to have, our public worship is only going to be as powerful as our personal and private worship. What we do in our personal time um, alone, and, and, and I'll say this, that, that right there uh, has the greatest impact because that's where we get filled. That's where we become what we should be, and he helps us understand you know, how he wants us to live and act and say and do. Um, When it comes to the ministry, I'm convinced of this, that no man can lead any congregation anywhere beyond the depths of his own personal walk with God. Uh, I could stand up there and preach the most beautiful, eloquent, um, Fantastic sermons, <laughs> Welsh. I mean, where the the professors in the seminary would be so proud and give me straight A's. I mean, I could stand up there and do that kind of stuff. But if I don't have a private 
personal devotion time where God gives me the unction, then I'm just an orator. And anyone can be an orator. I mean, you can get up there and just be the most fantastic uh, speaker on the face of the earth. But if you don't have an unction from God, if there if there's not something powerful that comes from him, coming out through you then it's 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 basically it's basically pointless um and on the other hand if if your message is not the most perfect straight a seminary message you know where everybody thinks oh man that was really really good well structured everything you know uh, you got your point in there you made all your every you met all the the criteria that uh, the professor wanted you to meet uh, it might not be a perfect straight A message, but if it has unction from on high, <laughs> then God can use that. Now, that does not mean that we shouldn't do our best. Of course we should. We, you know, we try to do everything the best that we can and, and all of that. But understand the priority here. The priority is, is not with us. The priority is with him. Okay. Now, personal worship, uh, the position of your body is not as important as the prostration of your heart. Uh, I mean, you can have your personal worship anywhere. Somebody, I like to have mine on the back porch with my cup of coffee and, you know, and all bundled up in my big old thick robe and just sit out there and listen to the birds, you know. I, I like that private and that quiet, you know, and it's where... I let God talk to me. I just get his book and just let him speak to me. I share my heart and, and it's just a personal, wonderful thing. Um, that's, that's vital to anybody's life and ministry. <clears throat> Collective worship. There's a, a term in the Greek called koinonia. Um, and it means fellowship and somebody said it and I don't know. I can't remember who it was. I tried to find it. Um, so I can't give credit directly to the person that said it, but fellowship, they said that fellowship like this was the church together, not the church apart. And, and that makes total and complete sense in in the scripture as, as anything else. Um, it's intended fellowship cannot be done. That'd be like trying to have a family reunion, uh, by telephone, you know, <laughs> you can't, you, it's just not the same. <laughs> you know, you could sit there and email each other and we're having a family reunion and get emails coming all over, you know, from all over the place. It's just, there's something missing there. Uh, it's getting together. That's, that's the whole thing. That's the point of fellowship. That's the point of coin. That's the way God's intended for his church to be. Now I'm not going to sit here and dictate to you as a church, what you should do after, um, uh, that, silly virus thing and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you, uh, oh, you should do this. I mean, you do what you feel safe doing. That's that's your conscience or conscience um, between you and God. But what I'm saying, there are a lot of people I know it's easy to get out of the habit of going to God's house. And if you totally, if you're elderly and you're sickly or whatever, I totally understand. But what I'm saying is if, if you just gotten out of the habit, that's a... That's a bad thing. Uh, I've got some noise here in my in my equipment, so I apologize for that. Anyway, um, if you're just getting out of the habit, you need to get back in the habit. I mean, we we need to get back in the habit of getting in God's house because um, God intended for His people to be together. 
So I, I'm I'm telling folks it's time it's time it's time to get back in God's house. Okay. Now, real quickly, so we can finish this up. How should we worship? Um, we looked at who and where and how should we worship in private, as we said. That's in spirit and truth, and that's what Jesus told. Uh, them in, in the last part of John chapter four, uh, worship the time. He told the woman that he said, there's a time coming when those who worship the father will worship him in spirit and in truth, because God is spirit. That's what the scripture says. He is spirit, not a spirit. He is spirit. That's, that's the, the text. <clears throat> um, our public worship should be a reflection and a, and a completion of our private and personal worship with God. That that's a, that's vital. Uh, we have to bring his presence with us when we come to his house. That that's just vital. We have to do that. We don't come expecting him to show up as much as we bring him with us because we've had time with him. We spent time with him that day, that morning. So that's that's what we expect to do. Now, there's a couple things that I want to mention to you. Uh in John chapter 20, verse 19, they were together. They were together for after the crucifixion. They were together for the fear of the Jews. They were all in one place. Uh, John chapter 21, they were together by the sea. And in Acts chapter 2, they were together in the house. Uh, the, the, you can just go on and on and on and find where the people of God are intended to be together. That We're a family. We're a family. Family wants to be together. And if they don't want to be together, you say, well, my family doesn't want to be together. There's something wrong. And that's just evidence that there's something wrong. If you don't want to be together, there's something wrong. We're going to get up and go. And I've told people, and I'm going to meddle this for a moment, but I've told people, you know, if you like to play golf or fish or go to baseball games or football games or whatever, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be satisfied just sitting there watching on the on the couch. You know, you're going to want to get in a game sooner or later, and that's the way it is with us. We are going to be uh, happy when we're with God's people. If you belong to Him, then you want to be with those who belong to Him. That's just that's just the natural thing. That's the natural way of it. So, I've meddled enough now. So. I'm a Baptist preacher. What do you expect? So let's get on uh, next time with probably John chapter 5. And uh, I'm just going to take a moment real quick. If you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, you know, it's like jumping out of a plane, uh, you know, with a parachute. Uh, now, personally, I'm not going to jump out of a perfectly good plane, but I mean, people do it. But if you're going to jump out, hopefully you got a parachute and you're putting your trust in that parachute. <laughs> if you jump, if the parachute doesn't open, guess what? It's a it's a, the, the stop at the bottom is what's going to really be your end. But what we're saying is this. If you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ... As far as getting into the gates of heaven has nothing to do with your goodness, has nothing to do with anything you've done or not done, what you've given or what you've accomplished, nothing. It only matters, Christ only matters. You're depending on Him. You say to Him, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I have a sin nature and I'm asking you to forgive me. I know you died on the cross to be my Savior, to save my soul. And I'm coming to you saying, Lord Jesus, 
I put my trust in you. Until next time, this is Jesse Pruitt. This is a light of hope.